listening to the Post-Apocalyptic Media Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to this 107th episode of the Post-Apocalyptic Media Podcast. I'm your host, Sean, Senior Editor here at Post-Apocalyptic Media, and today I am joined by the winner of our short story contest that we had for 2022. We announced it earlier this year. Uh, Mr. Stephen James, how are you doing? Oh, welcome. Um, welcome. I'm welcome. I'm welcome. Hello. How are you? You okay? Yes, I'm I'm doing quite well. Um, we, you know, we've been trying to do this for a while, but uh, I'm really happy to have, you know, to do it now because we have, it seems like we have so much more to talk about. Um, you know, back in sure. January, when we announced, you know, we announced you as the winner for the short story contest, uh, I wasn't working on a new anthology yet, uh, you know, for the site. This is, it's kind of a, it's an anthology for the site and for me. Uh, I did one last year called Through the Aftermath. This year it's called, it's going to be called Through the Remains, which is, that's an exclusive, folks, right there. You got the first name. Uh, yeah. Of <laughs> that's, that's all your previous winners, right? That put yeah. To one. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, last year we had a couple winners in there, but we also had a kind of a mix. Um, but this year, it's all going to be the, the you know, first, second, third place, honorable mentions, and things like that of, of just the contest winners. Um, and it's all that listed. Is. Yeah, it, it's all listed on the site. Um, if you go to, if you go to postapocalyptic.com, and there's a big graphic right in the center that says, uh, announcing the post-apocalyptic short story writing contest winners. Uh, if you click on that, it'll show uh, it'll show all the winners, like a list of the winners. And there's, you know, Steven right up at the top. And uh, and then it'll it actually has his story in there. It has the top three stories on that article. So if you want to read that ahead of time, you know, before before the anthology comes out, you can do that. Um, <laughs> spoilers, yeah. <laughs> yeah, spoilers. And um, so, yeah, I just wanted to get you on the show and kind of just pick your brain and talk about you know, your inspirations and all that. So I guess the first thing uh, I want to know is tell me inspiration for the story itself, because I love the story. I think it's really great. And you could even tell a little <laughs> bit about what the story is, like a, you know, a general synopsis of it, because um, it's already on the yeah. site. Yeah, sure. Um, it, I don't know. My, my first thought for it to, to come into place was um, I don't think post-apocalyptic media is sad enough. And I was like, maybe mm. we can take it somewhere um, beyond the tradition of the, the the lonesome hero, the man with a beard and a dog and going in across the way. So it's very like Fallout, um, like eccentric thing. And I thought, well, wouldn't it be interesting to have like something, a story about people with their teeth falling out and they've got tummy aches, <laughs> like if uh, yeah. that that more um, dangerous, not so much thought of, uh, painful side of existence in in the apocalypse really kind of like put anyone off wanting to be involved in it. Um, and then and then it kind of came from you know my, within my family um, that we've had a sort of dementia that's come through it, and dementia is actually you know very very sad to me. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought actually would it somewhat be um how could you apply dementia in a positive sense and it kind of as fucked up as that sounds I, uh, that, that's kind of where it came from and mm -hmm. i thought yeah in the apocalypse having no idea what's going wrong because the story yes is um her orderly it is a story about a um, woman martha who um she suffers from dementia and she doesn't realize that she's in the apocalypse and her orderly 
um, is caring for her and you know constantly um, covering up all the you know the things that happen on outside for her and protecting her and keeping her safe. But obviously, time um, is slowly running out. Uh, mm. So yeah, it kind of sort of came from that kind of thing. Um, yeah, it was very very sad to write, but I, I, I enjoyed it. But I also did not enjoy it at all. But yeah, yeah, I I, uh, I think you know I have dimension in my family as well and i think that it's uh mm. it's i think a lot of people have to deal with that as, you know when once their parents and grandparents get to that point so i think that might be another you know selling point where it's it's very mm -hmm. it's a very powerful story as far as you know tugs at the heartstrings and also the twist at the end which i maybe we shouldn't give that away because because <laughs> it's good <laughs> well, no, <laughs> it, it's good uh and uh, and so it, it's one of those things that um I don't know. Like you said, you can relate to it. It also is more than the the, the usual, you know, post-apocalyptic. What I like too is, like you mentioned, you know, she's Martha has dementia it, during the apocalypse. She's being taken care of by her orderly during the apocalypse, and it's not just like they're in a in a, a sealed off room where there's no access to anything. I mean, they are kind of at first, but it, it they have to face post-apocalyptic stuff you know, raiders and things like that, you know, so it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, that brings a really cool, exciting, uh, you know, element to it, I think too. Yeah. I mean, it was a lot of, so this actually comes, so I've written about, um, 11 of these stories. Oh. Um, yeah, I have my own, I've got my own, um, I've got my own anthology, but also I've not published <laughs> anything with it. Um, so I'm not going to take away from that, but, um, I, so it, it, it these stories all fall into one um, large story arc. It tells like a huge, you can read them, you know, in any order, um, but they all kind of tell like a different story, but they all connect to each other. Because um, there's, a, there's a story, I think, later on that I've got where the, the boy um, in, the, in the story that she meets, there's a story about him when he's grown up. And oh. for example, in, in when he's grown up, he's got the gun that the orderly uh, loses. Oh, so wow. there's like all these little things where they connect. And this actually, yeah, uh, it's, this is the earliest story i believe in the timeline because the timeline goes about 120 something years um and this is i think one of the earliest ones in there and i, cause I remember con uh, conceptualizing the, the 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 slavers that they're trying to avoid in the town and basically they were people that were trying to rebuild uh, the world in, in the image of the way it was before you know they want more structure they, they need community um, the democracy so on and so on but obviously, because it's the apocalypse, no one really wants to chip in with that because everyone's <laughs> trying to survive and not get killed and uh, assaulted or robbed. So no one really wants to help them do it. And so eventually these guys think, well, OK, well, maybe we'll just make them help us because we need the help to start society again. And what, so what starts off as a genuine mission to make things better, they end up enslaving people to do it because no one wants to help them. And then eventually all the people that... Um, did originally have the good good intentions are just killed off by the people that joined because they want to have slaves and be bricks. Wow. They became what they are now, and they are just a roaming, you know, group of um, monsters. Just That cruel. is so cool. I, You know, I am a sucker for origin stories. I'm a sucker for, like, branching, you know, uh, spin-off stories. This sounds really exciting. Oh, yeah. That's really I'll cool. I tell you what, mate. Um, I, I, you know, I've, I'm not doing anything with it at the minute. I mean, I can send it to you if you if you personally would like to read it. Because winning this competition, is, I've never won anything like this in my entire life. I, I can't thank you enough how much this means to me. Um, so yeah, I, I, if you want, I, yeah, I can send you. It. You can just read the whole thing. Just you know, between me and you. Yeah, I'd love that. <laughs> That'd be great. 
<laughs> I think you'd really enjoy it, man. I think you'd yeah. be right up your street. You like well, post-apocalyptic media, right? Yeah, yeah. It's funny you say that. I'm actually I'm doing something very similar because I'm a big fan of that, where I, I wrote a short story that was in Through the Aftermath, and I'm doing the same thing. I'm writing short story uh, spinoffs, basically, of different people in, mm-hmm. in the same uh, city. The you know, And like you said, that spanning that 100-plus years... Wow, that this is this is like news to me. It's so exciting. I, I really love yeah. this. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun to write. Got a bit gets a bit sci-fi as well at one point, which I wasn't sure if I was going to do, and then I was like, Nah, go on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah might as well. as well. Why not? Just do it. Yeah, that's cool. So. Well, uh, okay. So, um, what about your inspirations as far as like movies and books and you know TV shows, things like that? Oh man, yeah. Um, I mean, the main. The main inspiration kind of came from, um, like I said, Fallout. Um, I love the Fallout games, um, mm. particularly New Vegas. I think it's the, one of the best, the best written Fallout games there is. Yeah, um, it's quirky, funny, and I was like, well, I love the the humor and stuff in it. Also, I like the more survival aspects of it. The you know, the, the drinking, eating, blah blah. blah. <laughs> it got me thinking about the mundane side of it, and I was like, oh, let's do a mundane apocalypse series. And then, um, at some point, I'd read The Road, and I was just absolutely this was exactly what I was trying to accomplish with, you know, McCarthy's very like stark and immediate prose. His just, the pacing was horrifyingly fast and it was so disturbing in points. And it was just a huge inspiration. I absolutely love that book. Um, I think blood Meridian sort of helps as well. Cause albeit not an apocalyptic story, it does kind of feel like, um, a journey through an apocalyptic wasteland mm-hmm. and these people that you follow in the Glanton's, uh, yeah, are just just awful. Uh, they are just the, the worst people you can imagine. Um, so that was quite um, inspirational as well. Um, and also, there was a book, I, I can't remember who it's by, and it's called The Old Man in the Wasteland. And that was the really um, hmm. biggest inspiration. And I, only, I remember it, oh, I can't remember the author's name, that's so annoying. Um, yeah. Remember, he had this really cool thing in it where... Um, because it was like a very modern apocalypse. And I just remember he had um, the people that they're all scared of were called the Horde. And they were called that because the people that called them the Horde used to be World of Warcraft players before the world ended. Oh, wow. And I was just like, yeah. And it's the first sort of contemporary thing I'd sort of read that was, you know, apocalyptic. And I was like, oh. but this was quite a few years ago now. And I think it's a series, but it was it was um, very, very good. Wow. Um, and I'm trying to think film-wise, God. I mean, The Road to Film, obviously, is really good. Yeah. Um, recently just finished I saw you you know watching The Last of Us I think that is an absolutely phenomenal TV yeah. series just, uh, there's nothing compares to it I think in that sense I mean I tried The Walking Dead for a couple of seasons and then sort of fell away as the um, as the story did and I didn't really got, get back into it but yeah. I mean The Last of Us was fantastic as well as the video game I mean it's just there's lots of um, inspirations I could go on for days but yeah yeah. I, I think it's funny. We, we do have uh, we're a little spoiled in that way, where we have lots of great stuff coming out, and uh, and and like you said, you know, it, the Last of Us is now the new standard. It seems like it's the new thing where the gold standard, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. So so Walking Dead, it, you know, they're done. But if they were to keep going, they would have to step it up, you know, to get to keep up with stuff like the uh, the Last of Us. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I love. I never played the games because I never owned a PlayStation, but I love the show. And I think coming from that perspective of it being, uh, you know, never playing the games, is uh, mm-hmm. a lot of people ask me. You know, people who play the games, they're, they're like, "What is it like?" 
to to watch that without knowing the games and i said it's just it's just like a new thing it's just it incredible incredible yeah. Yeah, yeah wow i mean there's so many things that weren't in the game which i think i think the show did really well which um it's the the beginning of some episodes where it'd have those um small flashbacks you know into the time before the um apocalypse which obviously the game doesn't do but I suppose the game does that in the sense where you recover items and you pick up newspaper clippings and obviously they can't do it on a TV yeah. show. And I think those those parts of the TV show were some of my favourite. The severity of the woman, you know, being brought in as an expert. What do we do? And, you know, she says the line that she says. And it's just, wow. Yeah, I couldn't believe how good that was. Great delivery. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. I think some of it was also done. Uh, I don't know if you played like the DLC, but I know that I they... Did, yeah. Oh, okay. I heard, and I again, I didn't play it, but I've heard that some of the uh, the episodes that that flash back are from the DLCs. I guess I don't know. Yeah, so the Left Behind DLC was, the, um, yeah, I think I can't remember what episode that was, but that was definitely definitely did that, and they yeah. changed like something small about it. But um, no, I mean, other than that, I think actually, um, in connection to that episode, I can't remember if it was in the same episode where it's um, her mum, but I think that was a planned DLC that they never released where oh. you. Take, you take Ellie's mum's journey, uh, but then I don't think they ever did anything with it, so they kind of left it in the, you know, on the on the cutting room floor. Uh, but then when the TV show came, I think Neil Druckmann was like, "Let's incorporate this, yeah, uh, from the game that we never did." And yeah, so they did, and it's actually it was brilliant to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, cool. Yeah, I'm a I'm also a huge Fallout fan. Um, since uh, I don't know how old you are, but I've I've played, <laughs> you know, oh, back I'm when 33. Okay, so I'm I'm considerably older than you. I'm 47, and uh, and so I played like Wasteland back in the 80s, and uh, and then when you know Fallout One came out, Fallout Two, all that stuff. Yeah. It was just incredible. I remember looking at the box for Fallout One, and the the back they had the image of the old lady on there, and I and I was just like, this is incredible. How do they have these kinds of graphics on a computer game? <laughs> and that was the future. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, you know, they, they changed it quite a bit with, with, uh, three. I still loved it. A lot of people didn't like the, you know, the new perspective and all. I loved it. I just, everything, yeah, Fallout 4, was... love Fallout 4. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people shit on Fallout 4 and yeah. I, I get it. I get it. Like, I think like story wise and narrative, you know, even, even the writing between characters, companions, I think is some of the weakest, but the actual um, the gameplay loop, the actual exploration, the what the world building, the, the the things you find, the stories you find. I remember finding that um, hatch where the, the the father had got his family down to protect them. Yeah, hadn't ventilated it properly. Yeah, like, yeah. You find that story. That to me is more, way more fascinating than any story they're trying to tell about you know synthetics or whatever. But I think I think Fallout Four got an unfair rap. I really enjoyed it. A lot of people shat on it, and I was like, come on. Yeah, the the settlement okay. building okay. to me. Just setting up. Well, actually, I downloaded some mods to um, to kind of enhance sure, the yeah. settlement building. But they had the the one where you can make your uh, your companions run the settlement. Oh, I love that! I just I can play an entire game like that, just just running mm-hmm. settlements. So yeah, I love yeah. that game. Um, but yeah, there's there's been so much in recent years that's really I think it helps writers, especially to you know to, to be able to imagine and better imagine these stories and kind of flesh out these things we have in our heads uh to get them down on paper and i think it, it works out really well um you know sure. the the stories that were for this short story contest there were actually i think over two 210 somewhere on there uh stories to go through oh, wow. 
Yeah, there were a lot. Like the year before, we did you know we didn't have quite that many, and uh, and so this was a great year for it. Now, reading two hundred ten stories, is, you know that's a couple yeah, novels. Okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a couple novels. I mean, it, it was great though. It's all it's all really high quality stuff, and you know that was great. Um, and so. I think even to to get the best of that, you know, like for this anthology coming up, I picked, I think there are, yeah, at this moment, there are 28 stories that will be in this anthology, which this is the biggest anthology I've made. And, uh, and so it'll be huge. It'll be probably, I don't know, 600 pages, 500 pages, somewhere around there. It'll be pretty big. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be, it'll be pretty big and it'll be something where, uh, there's a little bit of something for everyone. You know, I feel like in, in through the aftermath uh, last year, there were some stories that were, I was taking some chances and it's funny because the, the reviews I've been getting, a lot of them uh, will say, well, this story I didn't like, so I'm going to give this a three star, the entire book, you know? (laughs) And it's, it's a little, yeah. So I've, I've run into a lot of that. And, and, uh, and I feel like this, this year, this anthology is a lot more consistent as far as um, you know, like genuine post-apocalyptic stuff that ha- that happens. You know, the ones I've chosen for the book are kind of um, ones that you would expect in the genre. You know, uh, but at the yeah. same time, I feel like there you can stretch that a little bit. Everything doesn't have to be Mad Max or Fallout. You know, um, and, and so I like that. So it does stretch quite a bit outside of that. It's just. Um, I don't know. I never understood the thing about where people don't like one story and they leave a bad review. It's like, I guess you... they, I guess they, they can't. Yeah, they, they they struggle to have a quick review method yeah. of reviewing an anthology, you know. And they're like, "Well, this one was rubbish." So, um, yeah. stars. You're like, "Are you joking?" Like, <laughs> just just leave a comment. Right, give it four or five stars, then leave a comment and say you didn't like one. Like, yeah, that's also valid. Yeah, that's uh, that's the drawback I think of anthologies is, um, yeah. we, I don't know. It, it's a whole thing. I could get into but <laughs> but um i'm excited about it personally you know because i love putting these things together i'm actually i'm one of those weird people who likes editing i you know most editor most oh, wow. writers yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah most writers are like i love writing except i just hate editing i love editing i don't know it's weird um yeah no good for you i mean someone's yeah. got to so. <laughs> that's true uh but yeah I'm, I'm excited about putting this together uh and uh and so you said that with all these other stories you have, do you have plans to put those together, you know, and try to get it published or? Um, yeah. So I, I've put them. So I worked for a long time. I think like I said, I think there's 11 or 12 of them. Um, they vary from, you know, 2000 to 7,000 words. It depends on, I think the longest is like 8,000 maybe. Um, but they, that it was really hard to figure out an order to put them in. I was like, do I put them in chronological order? Do I mm. put them in, order of reveal because there's one overarching story and that is the story of this guy Oz and his effect uh, on the wasteland it's, it's kind of a battle between him and someone called the savage who is this woman who just relentlessly hunts him across the entire wasteland for whatever reason she just does not stop she burns everything in her path to get to him and i think it's, it's just about them so I'm, do, I, do i put in the order of them meeting or whatever and i i, I ends up getting um, an order i've put it in order now I've done a, a couple of edits on it, but I think the last edit I did was to edit her orderly for for you, um, which is probably the best version I've got of it. And then mm. the other ones actually haven't been touched in in years because I, I always intended to um, get an agent and then have that as like a because I'm working on a novel at the minute. Well, I'm working on a sequel now. I've got the novel done, 
but I'm working on something so I can get an agent and then once I've got that I can pull out the apocalypse one and be like hey I've also got this we can we can just oh. throw out ready to go you know um yeah but then I don't know I just maybe I should just put it out and publish it for fun because it was a lot of fun to do um I don't yeah. know it's up in the air what I'm going to kind of going to do with it um but it was a lot you know a lot of good fun to write but we'll have to see we'll yeah have to see. that's cool I I didn't even think about the fact that the, there's a bigger story that you know doesn't really involve kind of the main characters of this one. And you said her orderly was your first one you wrote. Uh, yes, well, it's the it's the first chronologically. Um, I think the first one I wrote was I think it's called, just called Oz in the Wasteland. Oh, okay. And it was, I think that's, it was like a kind of homage to the road and the old man in the wasteland. It's yeah. a father and son trekking across the um, the apocalypse and trying to get somewhere basically you know long and short of it um but yeah that was the first one and then her orderly was like i think it's the third one i wrote um oh, it's when okay. my my nan was like very ill and i've seen a lot of things like with her and i was like well god okay how do i put these emotions in and it kind of just sort of came from there really yeah yeah have you read any of the other uh stories the top three that we had in that post uh no i don't I, I, no i didn't know Okay. I um, because I, I thought I'd read the the second place one, but then I was like, no, I just no, no I didn't know, no, I didn't. So the third place one is called "She and E" by Wendy Kaminsky, and um, I really like it. It's it's again, I won't spoil the plot twist at the end, but it's it's kind of you know, it's this woman with her um, again, <laughs> I'm trying to figure a way to to not spoil it, but she has a child with her, and okay, sure. Yeah, and so it's kind of like you said with the road and uh, what was that movie Cargo? Did you ever see yes, Cargo? The, yes, with um, what's his face from The Office? Yeah, um, I, I know him uh, as Bilbo yeah. Baggins. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, him as well. Yeah, that was based off a short film, right? The the short film. Was yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really, okay. but it's it's very much like that where she's escorting this small child through through the wasteland, and that's another one. You know, as a father, I. I, that strikes me also because it's one of those things that you read and you say, what would I do, you know, in that situation mm. where you're like, you know, think of all the dangers and, and the story doesn't get too much into it. It's kind of more focused on the child itself. But um, I don't know. I love stories like that. Uh, there are some stories in in this anthology. I, and I also I, you know, I list all of the the people uh in this in this article all the the let's see honorable mentions and runners up i list all of them so pretty much all of them are going to be in the um in the anthology but there's some really some stories that are uh you know more like sci-fi you know more like space sci-fi kind of thing there are ones that are a little more i don't even know how to describe them that you know just kind of like more off the beaten path um but I think people are really going to like this. I, I, you know, I don't want to turn this to, into a commercial for for the book. <laughs> I mean, go right ahead. Like, man, it sounds so exciting. Like, I'm, you know, go for it. It's just like I'm at this point right now where I'm reading through every one of them and I'm, I'm doing the copy editing. And uh, and so I'm rereading a lot of these that I didn't read. I haven't read since last uh, probably November, December. And so I'm reading through them and I'm like, wow, I remember this one. This is a really great story. And And I'll tell you what, you know, Maybe this isn't something I should tell the winner of this contest, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, it was hard picking the best. You know what I mean? There were so many of them that were that could have been up in that top ten. You know, it, it was it was just. I mean, I, I guess it's like that with a lot of these things, but uh, it comes down to very minute 
you know, details that, that put it one point above the other one, you know, I guess is what I'm saying. So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's a great collection, I think of some really great stories. Most of these people, I mean, everyone in the anthology itself have never been published, which is huge to me. I feel like that's a big, big thing to me personally, like to be able to get these names out there, you know, yourself included where, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's so many, it's such a, I don't know. I mean, I'm a writer myself. I have, you know, stories out there and books and, and, and I feel like it's just, you really get lost in the shuffle. It's really easy to get lost in the shuffle. There are some great stories that are lost because whatever that algorithm is that lets people be a bestseller is really hard to do. You know, it's not, it's, I don't know. It's, this is getting too deep, but (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, it's like, like these days, it's like how good of a bestseller you have is based on how well you can do TikTok and how well you can, you know, platform you have to. to Yeah. 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 Um, like Colleen Hoover, Colleen Hoover is a bestselling author right now. You know, New York times bestselling author. She has six, I think books, five or six books that are all bestsellers. And she's just a very good, I mean, her stories are great, but she has, she's a very good, uh, you know, with social media and kind of marketing and all that stuff. And I think that's, that's a huge, huge part of it. So I feel personally, I feel like there's a lot of stories out there that could be told, um, you know, without having that access to that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I I assume it varies. I think maybe it comes down to getting the right representation, right? I mean, that you can have very little social media, um, you know, reach, but if you get the right agent, that's something that they can sort of help yeah. uh, take over the, the you know thing for them, and still the opportunity and stuff. But I, I think it's great that you've got the, the, this compilation sort of going because, like, yeah, I've never been um, published, not physical book. I mean, I have had some printed um, of other stories I've written just mm-hmm. to hold them as they've been given to me as a gift. Um, but other than that, like, this is you know yeah. fucking bumped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I feel also, you know, I feel like a kind of a pressure. Uh, it's a good pressure, but like a pressure to to make sure that this is the best, you know, to represent these writers and, and, and everyone together uh, in the best that I can do. You know, I, I have the the cover is pretty much done and it's I love it. It's going to blow people away, I think. And <laughs> if I must say oh, so wow. myself, okay. uh, but uh you know, so I'm, I'm putting all, all everything I have into this, and I think that it's going to be definitely a big thing. Uh, again, I'm turning this into a commercial. What's what's my deal? <laughs> I mean, it's your podcast, man. Just go for it. Advertise anything you want. Do you have any short stories coming out? Like, <laughs> oh, let's talk about yeah. you. It, it's funny you say that because it's it's like you said you you have this whole collection of short stories. I'm the same way. Where sometimes I tell myself, why don't I just put it into a book? You know, put it into one book, and then there you go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love short stories. I think they're great. Um, they're 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 so great because they're like something. Even anthologies uh, on TV, you know, like net like um, Black Mirror and Love, mm-hmm. Death, and Robots. Oh, did you see um, Black Summer season two? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh my god, that was some some of the best zombie anthology thing I've ever seen. I've loved the way that was put together. That yes. It's funny you say that. I've heard other people said they didn't like it, uh, but I liked it a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's crazy to me. I thought I, I thought it was phenomenal. Yeah, I, yeah, way better than the first season. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I just love that stuff. I love the. There's even a show on Netflix. I don't know if you get it there. Um, called t- Two Minute Horror Stories or something. Or no, Two Sentence Horror Stories. 
Maybe that's what it's called. Oh, basically, uh, there, huh? it, it's like two sentences. Uh, they play it at the beginning. They show one sentence, and then they uh, they play the little short. It's like ten minute little uh, short, and then they'll play the second sentence. I think that's how they do. I haven't seen it in a while, but it's really, really, yeah. really great. You know, I feel like if you can put uh, such a powerful message in two sentences, you know, like the smaller the better. It's just I don't know. I really love it. Yeah, I mean, that's telling. Yeah, that's telling. Right yeah, now. yeah. Uh, there's this thing called. Okay, again, I'm drawing a blank, but uh, there's this thing uh, where, <laughs> man, what's it called? It's something like I want to say doodles, but it's something like that, like a little word like that, where basically it's a hundred words, and you you write a story. In oh, trouble. Yes, yes, that's it. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and so this is you know a hundred words. You get your point across, and oh, I love those things. So great. They have that. Um, so I'm part of. So I'm from Leicester in the UK, mm-hmm. and they have um, the Leicester's Writers Club, which I was fortunate enough to join. Um, uh, done no- nothing but improve my writing tenfold. The people there are fantastic. Um, love them all. But the they, every year they do um, they, like you, basically where you guess who's written what. So you can um, you hand in. I think it's like 100 words. Hand it in anom- anonymously, and then everyone sort of sits around they, they read it out um and then you kind of have to guess who who wrote what and then people end up imitating each other's uh, styles and to like throw the people off and i always found that like so much fun to do um, i'm really oh, bad wow. at it um there's one guy yev who is extremely good and manages to win every single year somehow but um other than that i'm crap at it but i was <laughs> i just remember being quite flat because i'm the novel i was writing was a sort of very uh, grim uh, horror western and mm-hmm. so i was using a lot of like ain't and and yeah. and very mccarthyisms <laughs> very archaic and when we were doing it and people were imitating i think two or three people imitated my work and i remember being so flattered but also really annoyed because then i couldn't like write in my style because they'd already done it and oh yeah <laughs> that sounds like fun really, actually really good fun it is really good it's worth doing like if you've got writer friends like it's just a game i guess 100 words yeah yeah that's cool well, um, you know, I, I can't believe it's already been a half hour. This has been a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I just really appreciate you coming on. And, you know, we I, I'm always up for talking about, uh, you know, not only inspirations, but just the media itself, like current stuff and, you know, uh, mm-hmm. what's going on uh, in post-apocalyptic media. I mean, it's all, you know, that's why I'm here. It's, it's just a lot of fun. It is, well, I have to say, yeah, I enjoyed your podcast. I um, what I think what uh, what the episode I listened to when you the Kevin Costner thing, oh, yeah. and I just want to say thank you um, for being one of the few people that will admit the Waterworld is a fucking great film. Uh, and I don't care what anyone says. I think it is absolutely phenomenal. I think I, I, the effects, the, the practicals, just the world building, yeah. it's just it's great. It's great. You know. Thank, thank you. you thank you for being <laughs> the other person in the world who <laughs> recognizes. <laughs> Oh, it's not our fault we get it, you know? Yeah, yeah. 1995 was a year to be alive. <laughs> yeah, that that was a fun episode, the the beginning with the AI uh, speaking in his hey, voice. Me out, yeah, because I, I was like, how has he managed this? Did you pay him? And obviously, yeah, the, um, <laughs> the AI thing came forward. You know, be careful with those AIs, though. I mean, they're going to push us writers out. and Yeah. You know, agents are going to be signing on people that have used a, a, a AI prompt to write an entire outline for their novel, and then probably write most of it for them as well. <laughs> yeah, it's a slippery slope. I actually, I actually just—it's <laughs> funny you say this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna 
plug something again here. Uh, I wrote a book called AI for All, and it just came out last week. Um, but it's oh, wow. okay. it, it's basically, well, it's like you're saying, I mean, I understand and I, and I talk about in the book, you know, the, the dangers of AI and the ethics of AI, of using AI, um, and how to kind of navigate that correctly, I guess, where, uh, you know, sure, you could sit there and have ChatGPT write you an entire novel, but it's going to be absolute crap. It's going to be really, really bad. And, and what I use it for in the book, and, you know, I, I was kind of, showing that you can use it in this book is to to write an outline of topics and from there i took it you know i i added i mean i doubled the topics from there and i and i changed a lot of them so i i used i think i i said this on the last podcast i think i used like maybe 10 15 percent of the book was really aided by by ai and the rest you know was me okay yeah, yeah. uh but i i feel like there's <clears throat> there's a lot you could there's a a lot of ways you can use AI, you know, for the good, but people want to jump immediately to having it do things for them. Uh, you know, it's, yeah. I, I'm a painter and I love painting and I will use AI sometimes for a reference. People have used reference, you know, Leonardo used reference and, you know, people have used references for a thousand years for, for, for paintings and stuff like that. So for me, for the, the AI art side, I'll use it as a reference. And then for writing, it's kind of the same thing. Um, I don't, the thing is like AI doesn't write current stuff. So if you're writing news, you know, AI won't help you at all. Um, uh, yeah. but, and I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm just basically saying that, that, uh, I feel like there's a potential there. I feel like in the future we could use AI to help us, but I don't like, well, people... is, I don't, I don't think it's AI. It's the, it's, I don't think it's the AI that's the problem. It's the, the people that apply it in that way. Yeah. That's yeah. Problem. You know, the, the, the tool is, I mean, I, we were, I remember speaking about a D&D campaign who was going to do and I think uh, some, someone used like um, we, were, we started using ChatGPT to kind of like you know make characters and stuff and that was yeah. so useful because it, it gives you this I don't know um, I'm trying to think of the word but almost like an outline yeah. and then you can yeah. sort of operate and around it and sort of change the details and stuff so it can be useful right? and it's just I think it's yeah it's the people that use it for for evil yeah they're the ones to watch out for <laughs> yeah I, I belong to a couple uh, facebook groups with writing facebook groups and these are you know have nothing to do with ai they're just general writing groups and there are just an influx of people coming mm. in saying how do you write a book with ai and of course everyone is like get out of here you know <laughs> don't, yeah. don't talk to us um but it, like you said it's it's the 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 people who wanted to do it for them they they want to write a book completely AI and it it just we're not at that point I think scarily enough we might be to that point at some point you know someday um, but I don't know I, I just I'm fascinated by AI I love I love the topic I think I'm any kind of new new technology I'm absolutely in love with but um, but I feel like AI this is a moment right now we're kind of the wild west of of ai yeah yeah and, um, we went from what deep fakes to this yeah like, and, the progress has been scary <laughs> yeah i just feel like it's it's an important time i mean even when the creator of chat gpt and open ai is saying we need regulation that's you know <laughs> listen to this guy i think um yeah. so yeah I, I i could sit and talk about ai all day i absolutely love it i think it's fascinating but at the same time i understand its dangers you know i understand how it could be really really bad um and yeah i just hope people and it's kind of why I wrote the book. It's kind of like, I hope people understand how to use it correctly. But do I know how to use it correctly? Not, 
hundred percent because it's just starting out. You know, it's a it's such a new yeah, thing. So. Yeah, I think was. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, like I said, I could go on for, forever with that. Um, but <laughs> but I want to thank you for coming on. This is a lot of fun. And now I find out you're a D and D player. I think we might be best friends. I don't know. It's just it's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I love D and D. But yeah, okay, I'm, I'm down to chat anytime. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, we will. I will probably be, be back next week. Uh, uh, Lee may be coming back next week, um, but I'm not sure. As I usually do with this show, I just play it by ear. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but again, I thanks everyone for listening, and make sure you check out the website postapocalyptic.com. We have all of our social media on there, all of our goodies. You can join our Discord and talk to us on there anytime. Um, and yeah, thanks again for listening. And stay alive out there and always be ready for the big one. Bye-bye.